Hey, Skippy. What's up? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. And welcome all to the Push to Shout podcast, episode 60, coming at you live from a whole new century. In a whole new century. Yeah. I mean, everyone else is there too. It's not, unless you're watching this like in 2017. Or from the past. Whoa. No, that's not happening. That's how the angry video game nerd does it. It takes you back to the past. Skippy, tell me about your life. Um, well, hmm, where do I begin? I heard you I, made a video. I was born in 1991. Oh my god. But recently, I did make this a video. This fucking clown. I made a very long year in review video before you did, and it's longer than yours, and therefore better. Uh... And that's almost all I did in, in the past week, video game related at least. I mean, I, I spent like, I probably spent, uh, I probably spent 10 hours on that thing at least, um, between gathering footage and editing it and all that. It's, it's now, an undertaking. The fun, okay, so you, if you watch this, you probably already know that we both made your interview videos. And um, it's kind of funny because I made mine, I hadn't seen yours. But, oh really? I didn't know you hadn't seen my. Yeah, movie I didn't either. watch it until after. I afterwards. thought that you just used all the clips that I did out no. of spite. Well, the clips that you used were the clips that I used because they're basically all trailers. Yeah. That that's the easiest way to get footage because trailers have, uh, you know, diverse footage that's not boring. Yep. So it's you can either record it yourself, which requires you to actually go to different different places in the games or like download different gameplay clips from individual parts which i did for some parts but you know overall it's just way more efficient to um... it's much harder to get into a game and record especially if yeah. you don't already have the game downloaded and all that shit i actually i specifically downloaded elite dangerous because i wanted a shot of going in and out of the hyperspace in that game which i think is really cool and docking and all that and i wanted it to be commentary free and it's just impossible to find on YouTube. Uh, so I had to record my own footage there and there's a couple others like Rocket League and stuff that I recorded my own but uh, at least half of it is just trailers. More than yeah. half probably. It's Yeah, it's just kind of funny watching like um, the Witcher trailer yes, and the Undertale yeah. trailer. They have the same shots in sequence. I mean, it's not that big a deal because the actual content of the video is the stuff that we're saying but, you know, it's it's funny. It's something we ended that, up saying uh, a lot of the same stuff too, but I guess nobody should be surprised by except that. Except everything I said was much better. Uh, well, uh, okay. And I had an epic funny bit that you did have put an Angry epic Joe funny to bit shame. At the beginning. Uh, you're a better YouTuber than I am. I'm. A, we prefer to go by Tuber. <laughs> Apostrophe Tuber. To appeal to the 2016 generation. Yeah, I I just watched your video before we went live. Kind of. I I watched it about an hour ago. And uh, I liked it. It was it was fine. I mean, Meh. For, for an amateur, Meh. It, it got the job done. N-E-H. I guess. H. You know, I was kind of surprised. Call, I'm here. I'm gonna fire shots. I'm naming names. Oh boy. Flimsy, going on Twitter, talking smack, saying that it was a pretty bad year for video games. I just I, that's. I think he's projecting. He's projecting his own bad year. Uh, he's be, you know it he's could a depressed be. YouTuber who oh, you know he never got off the ground and just 
he can't he couldn't he couldn't break out of his 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 sad life and so he's just taking it out on the video game industry in general and that's his fault not now, ours. obviously that is true um but i think also part of it might be that he mostly plays computer games and that if you were only I mean, a, if you were i know PC. it's still not sane but it's more justifiable because if you had like a Wii U and a PS4, then there's just no way you can't. You can't. I mean, I had neither of those things. The only console I game game I played was Bloodborne, and I didn't finish it. So I, I still think it was an awesome year. I mean, I, I most of the great games came out on PC, and I, I I do feel like I missed out a lot on because of the Wii U and not having that. But because uh, like Mario Maker, I know I would have loved that. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think it's been one of the best years for PC in a long time as well. I, I, I as far as like ports go, like console ports to PC, they're not they're not much better than they ever have been. But for the most part, I think it's 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 still been a pretty good year. So yeah. I, I I'm happy with it. I figure that our audience on this show might be interested in this. What was the actual process of putting your video together like not in like general terms but is there anything specific that stands out that was particularly difficult or was a stumbling block i um something frustrating something exciting a few things i would say um god i don't know there's always there's always like little things that you get caught up on that you just can't get right you know Mm. And in this case, it was my introduction and how to like start the video and, and, and my conclusion too, how to start and end the video. I, I wanted to make it funny or something, but like basically if I'm not in the, if I'm Let's not face in the funny can. mood, if, yeah, I, I just don't have the, the funny skills, but if I, I'm, I wasn't in a funny mood while making it. And so I just, I was like, fuck it. I don't, I don't need to make this thing funny. Yeah. And, and that's not really the, the point I, of I me making it, was it in the first place. So really funny that, uh, cause uh, Super Bunny Hops came out today, like an hour or two after mine, and um, your description said, like, there's no jokes in this or whatever. Yeah. My opening was about, uh, like, forced sketches yeah, and skits at the beginning of videos, yeah. and then his was that, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess we're all just becoming serious game critics now, uh, becoming an official that's <laughs> it's just like i mean i did it first by oh, okay. several minutes though like it's not i don't know it's i think damn. i i kind of I mean, wish that it would have been the only one to do that it's yeah it's hard to for me personally it's hard to merge uh a funny video and a what would you call this expositional video like criticism and stuff it's it that's a that's a very i respect people who can do that you do that pretty well and i that's my that's my favorite thing to do yeah mecha gamezilla that's another one who yeah he he does that so well and it's it's really really tough when you actually start to do it because it's like you want to get your point across and it's hard to find the line of like where should i just where should i be funny with it where should i be serious with it and I didn't even try this year just because I I was already running late. Like, it was on the third. I was making it on the second or the third, and I was like, fuck, I want to just get this thing out the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I realized it was going to be really long because of how like, – I didn't even put all the games on there that I wanted to mention. And uh, and I wanted to put a whole bit that would have probably been funny about uh, 
Nintendo and how I don't own a Wii U and like bring up the games one at a time and kind of like make some kind of joke about how like, oh, I know, I know, I, I'll get around to buying a Wii U later or something like that. But I never did. I just, I, it was already like 15 minutes long, you know, so I, I just couldn't do it. Um, if you're not feeling it, yeah, there's no reason to like try to force yeah, yeah, the Yeah, that's the worst thing you can do is to try to force anything. And so like my, my video making process is usually just kind of, what am I feeling? Like, like bringing up like I, I just like I don't even really overthink it at all. Really, I just go from one, the first game that pops into my mind, and then the next game that pops into my mind, and I like bring up like Hotline Miami two, and I say like, what's the what is the vibe I get from Hotline Miami two? And it's it's not that heart pounding, throbbing Hotline Miami one vibe. It's the more slow, uh, especially the soundtrack and stuff is more slow and atmospheric. And so I played one of those kinds of songs. And then did Bloodborne and City Skylines, which are more subdued kind of games, and you know, just kind of go with the flow. And and I choose, I always choose the soundtrack before I start even writing the thing, so that I have like that kind of really? synchronicity between, yeah, the synchronicity between the music the and the, other and the what's, what else, everything else is going on is really important to me. Yeah, that's kind I, of interesting because yeah, I'd, I'd also the music I, I picked for the Undertale bit was very much determined by the words. Yeah. Um, I think there was The Witcher. I know I, I wanted to use the silver for monsters. That's the name of the song. But, um, and I knew I wanted to use the one that I used, which was the slower violin one. Yeah. Because, again, it was like, all right, what's the vibe that – what's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of The Witcher and what I love about it? And that song in particular is the one that plays when you're, like, out in the countryside and stuff. Yeah, and and so I just chose it, and I went I, I went with it. Um and so you know sometimes i think it works and sometimes it doesn't I, I wasn't really happy with like my undertale choice and stuff but like whatever uh i i, I always choose the music first no matter what the video i'm doing I, I the music is number one for me because i think it just it, it, yeah it, it, it easily creates it. a backbone to work off of you know yeah and b people like listening to you talk if they're also listening to music yeah, music's big. Music's really big. It's the um, same way for your games. I like. I was thinking that basically every game I mentioned that I liked, mm -hmm. all of them had great music. And I think were, that's something there that's was being like one or two that I forgot to mention, and they didn't have great music. Yeah, Broken Age. I didn't have much to say about other than that was shit. And really, I what I need to say. Right. And <clears throat> basically, no music in that. I don't know. Music's important. It's really important. Yeah, all the, all the games, I think pretty much all the games I've ever loved have had really good music in them. Uh, uh, that's a that's a big statement to make because there's some games like Rocket League and Counter Strike where I don't even play any music. But like yeah, but... Uh, any kind of single player experience, you know, anything that tries to rely on on building any kind of narrative or world, uh, I've I have found personally that music is super important. Uh, to my enjoyment of it so yeah the the biggest standout thing about this for me wasn't making it at all it was the reaction to it and not like oh people didn't like it or people loved it or yeah. something but i saw like two comments that just really pissed me off i got two i got i think i got about two comments that really pissed me off too <laughs> and they were they weren't like criticizing the video really but they were like um haha i can't tell if you're being ironic about like liking the witcher 3 and the rest of this video they thought i was 
lying or mm-hmm. being sarcastic for 12 minutes. They just can't, like, a, they can't separate in their mind, like, what is, what is it, being ironic and what is being serious. And... They have to be told that yeah. something is satire or I just don't understand. How, how could you listen to you or me talk about these games? Because we gave them about the same level of critical treatment outside yeah. of the funny bits in mine. And, like, how could you possibly think that we were just, like, fucking with you? Like, that's that's absurd. Yeah, and, and I get it the other way around a whole lot, too, where, like, I, I released one video where I was... Uh, begging for begging for money because i had moved into the san francisco area and uh lost my job or whatever and uh and someone was like are you serious and then like the patreon video that i made which was just like shitting all over patreon for a while because i guess could be selling out yeah i made an actual patreon video and people were like you're a genius man you're making money and and i'm like no i it's not a real thing it's not an actual patreon um i i don't know it's 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 weird uh and and on the on this video i got two comments that pissed me off the first was uh the first one that pissed me off was someone who just said uh i don't really see the point in this (laughs) (laughs) and just that that dismissal of the entire thing just like (laughs) outright just dismissal of like everything was was just so that was like one of the first comments too and i was just crushed i was like damn that was, I got that was one that rough. said, I may as well listen to 10 minutes of white noise. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that I got, and this one this one pissed me off because instead of dismissing everything, it was like, it was just insinuating something that was obviously not true, which was, he said, this is basically copy-paste of all of Total Biscuit's opinions. And I was like, I haven't seen a Total Biscuit video in like two years. I don't know what you're talking about. But apparently I share a lot of opinions with Total Biscuit. And so I just copy and pasted all of his criticisms. Uh, I don't know. People people, are, people make bad YouTube comments. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a bad place for... <laughs> Guys, breaking news. YouTube comments are sometimes bad. Yeah, but I, I don't know. For the most part, I'm always, I'm always happy with... like I, That's not the first relatively i don't want to say serious because nothing about it is serious but like non just jokey video that i've made and everyone that i've ever made i think people have actually genuinely enjoyed um for the most part and you always get like a you always get like a a standard amount of dislikes and they always come in the first like hour because people who have subscribed to you for a very specific reason see it and go like i don't want this and and dislike it um but then after that everyone everyone starts to to like it and so i don't know whatever i don't think too much about that kind of shit i just i would make those videos those kinds of videos i in fact i used to make those kinds of videos without any audience whatsoever just because it's fun to make and show people you know and stuff you know yeah i that's definitely true for mine because they they started out basically only jokes and then i made um one serious one and then started like almost alternating. I think I've done about half and half since. Yeah. And there's always like people who only want one thing and people who only want the other thing. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so yeah, those are the videos. You guys should go watch them, but you probably already have if you're watching this. Yeah. Um, if you haven't, though, they're both good. Um, as for non-year and review stuff. 
Well, immediately news, after I got a text message, and thanks for that. See if he's going to tell you something. Immediately after I finished my year in review um, video and spent like a day and a half just kind of focusing on that, uh, <clears throat> I went straight to just sitting down for a few hours and playing The Witcher Two, and that was such a good feeling. Like as much as I enjoy editing videos and everything, like it's it's a yeah. really like I, that's one of my few like I say passionate kind of hobbies. It, I don't do a, it a whole lot as as my subscribers know, but like. When I do get down to business and start editing a video, it's it's, you get it's into very it. entertaining. Yeah, you yeah. get it's 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 one of the few things that's basically work that I can really get into. Um, but uh, yeah, I I right when I finished that, I sat down, just played The Witcher two, and had so much relief for that of just like all right, and that's the perfect kind of game too because it's just kind of like very slow pace and you just sit back and let it happen. And uh, and I, I've been very much enjoying. I've been playing through. I guess it's chapter two of The Witcher Two, um, which that game I don't like it as much as Witcher Three, uh, but uh, it ha it reaches some points of like its its highest points are I'd say as high as Witcher Three's highest points, uh, but its lowest points are lower. Um, it did you reach the end of chapter two? No. So there's like the curse that was placed on one of the kings, and it, there's a a battle like a battle is eternally going on with like yeah, yeah. ghosts right i've i've walked through that battlefield yeah and, and yeah and one of your eventually you you get to the point where you're having to dispel the curse and uh and one of the ways in which you have to do that is is to actually go into the battlefield and kind of experience the battle through various soldiers eyes and stuff like that um but they're all ghosts and they have these like grotesque like skull faces and stuff and and then like the commander of one of the one of the sides of the battle is this gigantic like he's a real creature who is formed out of the whatever ghostly shit and he's like he's formed out of like pieces of the battlements and shields and spears and stuff and it's one of the coolest looking i don't know like if for reference like look up like witcher 2 Commander, I think it's, I think he it was called like a Draugr or whatever, D R A U G R, however you say it. Um, but uh, it that that is one of the coolest designed enemies. He's so cool looking, and I've really enjoyed like the last part of that quest of like going through the process of dispelling this curse and and uh, I, I love the way that The Witcher Two handles the the fantasy elements and just treats them so. We've talked about this, so I won't go into it, but it, like treats them as just yeah. an accepted thing of the world, and like curses are just something that happens, and, and there's kind of a science behind them. And they're still uh, scary, but yeah, like yeah, the people that, in the know yeah. kind of understand how they work and yeah, like the, the occupational and hazards. The soldiers, you know, run away in fear, but they're not surprised necessarily that the specters exist. They're just still terrifying. Um, I, I, yeah, I like that a lot. It's it's so good. I, I can't wait to... I can't wait to finish The Witcher 2 and then go back to The Witcher 3 and play the DLC and all that, too. Like I, I love that I still have a lot of shit that I need to do in, in The Witcher 3. So, God, I love that series. I didn't get into quite such a relaxing game after finishing my video. Um... I started playing Lisa again. Yeah, what is Lisa? Lisa is really good. And this is one that uh, I intentionally didn't include in the video. Because unlike um, Fallout 4, which I only played for a limited time, 
I absolutely loved what I was playing of Lisa, and uh, I I didn't want to just talk out of my ass before I had, you know, really understood what it's about and yeah, and it's it's incredible. Like uh, it and Undertale are almost in the same vein. They're very different games, tonally and gameplay wise, but they're still kind of these hyper imaginative RPGs. Um, Is Lisa the one that's like really dark humor? Yes. Okay. Okay. I think I know the humor. Exactly what it is isn't actually always that dark, which is one of the interesting things I found um, that kind of wasn't what I expected. I was yeah. kind of expecting very dark humor, and there is a lot of that. But sometimes it's just very simple, silly humor that's just in the context of this horrendously miserable world. Right. Like, um, you walk up to a, a gang of thugs, and one of them is it's like, Yo, I'm Hoops Jardine, and he's got a basketball jersey that just says 86 on it. And um, you murder him and everyone he knows, and... Um, there's like there's another part of this, like, I'm not gonna spoil everything, but just little tastes that aren't too important. Um, like not necessarily dark humor. Yeah. But there's humor a guy in listening a to the radio. Context. There's a guy listening to the radio, uh, and you're to the left of him. Then there's him, and the radio is on the right. He's in the way of the radio, and the radio is playing this annoying looping song that you've been hearing this whole time. You've been walking through this cave, right. and you get up to him, and then he says. Uh, I like this song. It reminds me of when I was a kid. And if you talk to him again, you fight him and you murder him just to turn the radio off. It's just, <laughs> it's so good. Um, it does sound very Undertale-like, yeah. it's, except it's, with more murder. It's, well, I don't know. Depends on how you played Undertale, I guess. And I know that I'm not, like, really into it yet. I'm pretty sure I'm still in, like, the first bit. I'm pretty sure I'm, like, at the very end of the first act. But um, it's really cool, and the yeah. soundtrack, um, you can't really make in a comparison to Undertale really, because Undertale is Undertale's soundtrack is they're songs. They're they've got really good catchy melodies and yeah. they're, they're really nice songs. But Lisa is um, it's definitely more experimental to use that word. Um, sometimes it really picks up and it's like a powerful traditional melody or just this insane rhythm, but sometimes it's like this chaotic noises, but it all works really well. And sometimes it's like part of the environment. It's the sound design overall in that game is there's nothing like it. It's very different, very different sounding, but it, it's okay. it's got its own unique flavor. Like the bar, there's several bars in the game. Um, the the music of the bar, it's not like a tune. It's just like coughing and these moaning sounds. But it's like, like rhythmically though. Yeah, kinda. Okay. It, you really just have to kind of play it to get a. That game's definitely on my list. Uh, it's cool. It's really yeah. cool. I'm I'm gonna finish it. It kind of turned me off at first, because I heard that it's called Lisa the Painful RPG, and it starts with this very dark, you know, intro and 
then you have to make a very tough choice, and uh, I, I saved at my first resting point. I walk out of my tent, and then uh, a random event happens where I get beat in the head, and my stats are permanently lowered for the rest of the game. Mm. And I thought it was just going to be one of those games where, oh, it's, you know, deliberately insanely difficult and punishing, but it really isn't that way. Um, yeah, you just kind of have to stick through it. It's more of like a traditional JRPG curve where you, you have to fight enemies and, you know, you have to manage your stats and it's definitely more hands-on RPG-wise than Undertale, but right. it's cool. It's really cool. I like it a lot. Okay. Cool. Um, speaking of dark humor, the only other, well, this isn't non, this isn't video game related. So the only thing I've, other than, than, uh, the year in review in Witcher 2 that I've been doing is, is watching, I think I'm three or four episodes into, uh, Fargo season two, which, uh, I haven't seen the show, but I, it's good. Yeah. That's what I heard. So I love the movie. It's one of my favorite Coen brother movies and, uh, and Coen brothers are one of my favorite filmmakers two of my favorite filmmakers and uh so uh, i kind of wasn't expecting to like the show Uh, when i first heard about it i was totally against it and then people started saying it was good and i was like oh okay maybe i'll give it a shot and i ended up liking it not as much as the movie season one i'm talking about i didn't like it as much as the movie but it was a different thing like it sets itself apart from the movie um sort of (laughs) It, it, it it has some similarities where like callbacks to the movie that that are a little bit unexpected in places but i'm not gonna spoil any of that i do recommend it uh kind of that's what i heard that it's kind of not um i don't want to say like aping the movie but it's really not um relying on the movie no it's not uh not at all it doesn't even try to really achieve that same like like fargo what i love about fargo is that dreadful atmosphere the just like everything is just is just awful and depressing and and overwhelming like just the the shots of like yes the, the snow planes and all that it, it, and it's a and really show, dark movie yeah the show is i'm not gonna say like the opposite of that but it's much more kind of ironically light-hearted in some ways uh far goes that way too with some of the characters but like it's not nearly as foreboding um it's 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 it has its okay. own vibe. So it's uh, th- that was one of the things keeping me away from it. Yeah. Because I was, I was thinking that it was going to be how how many episodes are there? Like thirteen or twelve or ten, something? I think per ten. season. And are they like an hour long? Yeah, something minutes? like that. I couldn't imagine sitting through ten hours of that level of just oppressive, yeah, <laughs> darkness. Like that would be. I yeah, it definitely it. it definitely has some darkness to it, uh, but it's much more. It's different, and um, okay. and I, I enjoyed season one a lot. Uh, it's got some great actors in it, uh, just awesome stuff. But uh, and the season two is like, I don't know that much about it yet, but it's it's it takes place like twenty or thirty years in the past, and uh, same area kind of. And one or two of not the same characters necessarily, or maybe maybe one of them is the same character, but um, they uh, they they tell a different story, and it it has more it, season two has a darker tone, I think, um, and it also has like it has some interesting stuff, and I don't I'm not going to spoil anything because this is just this happens in the first two episodes, in the in the first episode, someone sees a UFO. There's no other way to put it. 
he, he looks up through the trees okay. and there's a light shining down through the trees and uh and it, it, you never learn what that light is and i thought it maybe it was a helicopter or something i don't know um and then in the second episode the can i think it's the second episode maybe the third at the end of the episode the camera's pulling away from one of the characters and it just starts playing a monologue from the, the the introductory monologue to the world of the world of the worlds like uh play thing whatever whatever you call it the sound play <laughs> um radio play. It, it, it starts yeah the radio play i don't know why i couldn't think of that um it plays like that opening monologue and then the music from that plays over the, the credits no context whatsoever like the characters aren't referencing aliens or anything but there's this weird background like focus on aliens and and there's no acknowledgement of it by any of the characters yet stuff like that gets me really hooked i think it's really cool and i don't know where the hell it's going with that uh and nobody spoil it for me please but i i I assume it isn't actual aliens but i still love that i love that they're just kind of hinting at this weird thing going on i it's really cool um i do like the show a lot I, i i recommend it definitely yeah cool i now i actually kind of want to watch it yeah I, you definitely should okay um what is i guess w2 is witcher 2 not yeah some uh, fuck it no let's just talk about oculus i want to talk yeah, about let's, oculus. let's talk about oculus jesus All you right. care about it a lot more than i do so i'll probably yeah. i'll give you the cathartic pleasure of explaining <laughs> this disaster um... I mean, I don't think I need to explain it to anyone because most of the people listening to the podcast probably already know. Uh, the Oculus Rift, the price and pre-orders, pre-orders were open, and the, so the price was uh, was set for the Oculus Rift uh, yesterday, and it was 599 US dollars, which to me is completely absurd. Um, so here's the thing. They... First, they do the dev kits, where you're getting a prototype of the Oculus, and uh, I think they were about like $250 or something like that for a dev kit. Uh, so, to me, when I see a $250 dev kit, I expect something maybe $100 more than that, maybe, but kind of in that range. Uh, and then they come out on press, and they say things like, it's going to be in the 200 to $400 range, and I think at one point they named $350 as a ballpark, and then they announced that it's $600, and that's that was such a punch to the face to me, because, first of all, it's bundled. It's bundled with shit that nobody needs or wants, which... So, you get the Oculus Rift itself, which also, I think, comes with the little headphone things that nobody should need if they if you're serious enough about video games that you're going to get an oculus rift you probably already have a pair of headphones um and so it comes with those it comes with uh an xbox one controller which again i'd say most people buying an oculus probably already have a, a gamepad they use uh it comes with two games uh the the eve space battle game and something else that i don't think i've ever heard of uh and the Oculus remote, which I have no... It looks like a little... It looks like an Amazon Roku remote or something. I have no idea why, what the fuck that's for. But basically, it seems to me like they're just throwing all that shit in to artificial, artificially inflate the value to make it yeah. look more like a $600 value, even though it's not... 
and then and then fucking Palmer Lucky gets on Twitter and starts talking about how they're they're actually like losing money or breaking even on these things, uh, and that everyone should should just be happy with what they got and all this shit, and that they're offering a premium product. And like to me, it just seems like this was originally supposed to be. First of all, they always build it as like the future of gaming, and with the Kickstarter and stuff, the wording that they would use would kind of imply that it's like. You know, we're one of you guys. We're it's for the people and stuff. And now it's like this premium product that that most people, the large majority of people, aren't going to be willing to buy for six hundred dollars. And it doesn't make any sense to me. I I hate it. I hate that that they expect you to buy a fucking VR headset, which is basically two phone screens with lenses and a an IR tracker for the price of a cell phone. That doesn't make sense to me. I I, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. So, where do you really start? So he says, let's just start just start with the bundling, because obviously six hundred yeah. bucks is obscene. And yeah. the first thing he would ask is, why the hell can't they unbundle it and make it cheaper? So he didn't quite say that they're losing money. What he said was, we're not making money well okay uh but that's fine let's say they're breaking even right now and that they bought the xbox one controllers and the eve whatevers and all this shit that they're bundling wholesale for super cheap still over that many units it's still gonna add up that mm-hmm. even if you can make the price 550 dollars that that is a lot easier to swallow than six hundred dollars. Something that number sometimes in um like in like sales one on one classes they talk about like critical prices where people will like psychologically start to realize oh this is this is too rich for right, right now and it's even for small things like um buying a candy bar. At some point, certain numbers just sound and feel way too high. Like you yeah. might buy a two, three dollar candy bar, but once it gets up to six, six is way worse than five to yeah. a lot of people. Um, so, <laughs> I just it seems like they could have made it cheaper somehow just by not doing this. It, it seems like a scheme almost. I it's pretty transparently. A, like a strategy to make people think that they're getting more value. Maybe I the, I the the this is all conjecture now, but to me it seems like all right. You had the original Kickstarter, which wasn't planning to be a premium product at all. It was kind of experimental. It was like hey, this is VR. It's going to be cool. Uh, it's not necessarily going to. Uh, blow your mind at first. It's just a cool thing. It's a little bit of a gimmick, but it's it's neat and and it's going to be reiterated and 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 eventually be something really, really uh, fine tuned. And and then they get bought by Facebook for what was it like two billion dollars or something absurd like that. And uh, and I think at that point and maybe a little bit before that point, but definitely after that point, they started saying like, all right, how do we make this thing? like an Apple product, like something that uh, is going to take 
culture by swarm and that people are going to pay a premium price for because it's well, going to be amazing I can tell you the first thing. thing you wouldn't do, you wouldn't send Palmer Lucky to do the keynotes. Yeah, that I Palmer and, and letting Palmer Lucky get on Twitter and say things like, like he would say shit like, uh, this is this is something that he said on Twitter in, re in response to someone who was complaining. He said, if you don't want the Xbox One controller, you can just sell it for a fifty to eighty dollar profit, which is just not true. You, I, I really don't think that you can sell an Xbox One controller secondhand for fifty to eighty dollars. Um, but also, like the, the 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 simple response to that is, well, why the fuck are you even including it? We don't want to sell it. Yeah, for why don't we just don't you want it sell all. it for profit? Yeah, you fucker. <laughs> um, and then and then he comes out and says, well, it's it's costing us almost nothing to put those controllers into the bundle. And again, you you go, well, why? I, and then he said, well, it needs it kinda, to be a complete package. Why? Yeah, even, like, so they the theory is probably that it adds value to have these things in a bundle. But if the strategy is this high-end premium product, then why would, that almost cheapens it to throw in a random controller and a shitty game that no one's heard of. It's like an Eve spin-off game of all things. Like it, just, yeah, it, it might just be a good game, it seem... but it it definitely cheapens it. It doesn't make it feel like a premium thing. If this yeah. was the Rolex of gaming peripherals, then Rolex wouldn't give you like a they wouldn't give you a pair of earbuds yeah. or a t-shirt with with your yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it does seem very conflicting. Uh I, I... And and there's people in the comments right now saying like, well, if you compare it to the price of monitors that are around the resolution that the Oculus is and stuff like that, then then it it starts to look about even. But my I and a monitor is something that you buy that it, you will it, use with you your computer a lot, all the yeah. time, always uh, when you're working on your computer and doing playing games, doing anything. It this feels is like a more of peripheral. A it's a gimmick. Yeah. A monitor feels necessary. A, a VR headset does not. A, a VR headset is a gimmick, and I I, I love the idea of VR, and I definitely it's a cool get gimmick. One. Um, not necessarily an Oculus, but I'm going to get one eventually, probably relatively soon, like in the next year and a half, hopefully. Um, but it's still a gimmick. It is. It is just a cool way to play your games, um, and I, I I don't see anyone being. They're gonna get some. They've already got more pre-orders than I think they expected to. They're gonna get people buying these things, but I just I think like even from a business perspective, you're not getting word out there very well when when you're turning away so many people based on the price and and its its positioning as a premium product. And then you look at the competitors. So like the two major competitors are gonna be like Sony, with their whatever the hell their VR set headset thing is, and. Uh, and Valve, and to me, Valve looked like it was going to be the premium one because it was billed as being like more of a room-wide experience, where like you've got multiple sensors, and I think they, I think it comes with a motion controller, and I think it has a camera on it so that it can like detect objects and stuff. So that's obviously looks like a more premium premium thing. But then you see that the Oculus is going to be six hundred dollars. How the fuck is Valve going to be cheaper than that? It's probably not going to be. Um, and then Sony, I think that one comes with hardware like it comes with some sort of like graphics processing hardware i think this is i'm not sure about this but it seems like none of them are going for the middle 
middle of the market kind of position. You you can either get Google Cardboard Which... or a six hundred dollar Oculus, and I I I'm worried about them. Nobody stepped into the middle. It seems like. I, or maybe I'm just ignorant. Maybe there's someone to making some extent, great VR headsets that aren't too expensive, but I, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard of them. To some extent, that makes sense, because is there really a middle market for a product as niche as VR, or at least right now it's very niche? Um, I don't know that there's like your average consumer who's willing to buy a VR. Uh, no, maybe once not. you put one on their head. Yeah. But there's no like large scale demos available. Um, I, I've never actually seen. It could a legit become like a Oculus. Christmas product, you know. It could yeah. become a hoverboard. Um, it, it would be something that like this is the big present present that you're getting president. This is the big present that you're getting on Christmas, uh, yeah. and the whole family can enjoy it because it's this cool gimmicky thing, and it's going to be worth the price. But at six hundred dollars, I don't know. Um, at that point, it's like uh, an investment. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird. It's really weird, and uh, I do think strange. I do think I've seen a lot of people kind of saying like, "Well, it doesn't matter because VR is going to be dead anyway." It's like 3D television and shit like that. But like, I think that's kind of facile. I think it's I think it's just flat out wrong. I think VR really is uh, a major major. It's going to be a huge change to how we play games. Not all games. I, you know, I, I still think yeah, yeah, some games. I still think horror you know, games for sure. Yeah, I, I still, th- I still think your majority of games are going to be designed to never use the VR at all. Uh, but anything like Elite Dangerous, these cockpit games that everyone knows, that's like built for VR practically because you can look around in the cockpit and it doesn't have that 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 disconnect between moving your character and and moving not moving on your chair as you as you look around um because that's a major problem for him right now but like that kind of stuff i think once people will use vr and again this is coming from a place of ignorance i'm not i haven't tried it on those kinds of games i've tried it once and it was a dev kit and it wasn't a great experience um but i think if it is a good experience you will never want to go back if you play that kind of game where looking around actually achieves something yeah it's gonna because that it's gonna change things completely is really one of the most frustrating things about playing, because I, I popped on Elite Dangerous for less than an hour, so yeah. I don't want to say I really played it, but in games like that, I don't like having to, to look around. So, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good, because it's like different from moving, and you have to, it's like a different mechanical process that you have to do, and uh, you can't see what's in front of you quickly anymore. It's just strange. Yeah. So to just be able to turn your head, that would be really neat and uh, yeah so yeah cockpit games horror games being right there and having any kind of first seeing person. nothing but the game yeah would clearly enhance a lot of games but is it really worth 600 bucks no not to me um maybe it is to some people yeah i, I mean it would be it could potentially be worth 600 dollars to me if <laughs> If it didn't come with some uh, with some provisions uh, that we haven't mentioned yet, oh the, yeah, is this a tech? Yeah, the okay. uh, yeah. they also this released unbelievable hardware requirements. Um, there, what kind of graphics card do you need to run a uh, an Oculus Rift? Apparently, this is the recommended hardware specs. I don't know if this is 
I don't remember if they were called minimum or recommended, but regardless, this is ridiculous. A 970 GTX uh, video card to run this thing, which that's already like top of the market right now. Uh, <laughs> Not really. I think it is. No. I, I I have a six. Top of the mar- I, top of the market is like Titan X, but. Well, okay, no, yeah. When I say top of the market, I don't mean like, yeah. That, I'd say it's it's I don't more like see, like the Titans as like a thing that that most that like. I I just say that it's buy as a, it's high end. Yeah, high I end. wouldn't I, say top. Maybe nine eighty is top, and maybe Titan X is like crazy enthusiast or something. But it's yeah. it's not as insane. But it's still it's prohibitive. For sure, for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, it's like a three hundred fifty or four hundred dollar gaming card. It's prohibitive uh, for me. Card. I have um, a seven eighty Ti, which is a it's a really good card, especially at the time. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's slightly worse than a nine seventy. I don't, I don't think if I wanted to, I could buy this thing. Yeah, I have a six seventy, which so I'm pretty much obviously screwed. Um, I, I'd still run most games fine at at mostly high settings. Uh, I have some issues with some, but like, yeah, I, I, it, it seems absurd given the the current what seems like the current baseline for AAA games at the moment and what they require. A nine seventy is way yeah. way above that, and and yeah, it's definitely. something I think most people didn't even think about. I certainly didn't think about like how much am I going to need to upgrade my computer to process this kind of video output and apparently a lot I'm, I'm still surprised it's that much because it's not like the resolution isn't ridiculous i think it's like 2000 by 1000 or something uh it's 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 very similar to 1920 by 1080 uh it's it's distorted and it's 3d but that's it doesn't seem like that should require that much more power uh it seems completely ridiculous and and yeah. then on top of that uh, again, I think this was like recommended. I don't know if this is the minimum amount you need. I but think said, the USB you do need. It said three USB 3.0 ports and one USB 2.0 port, which I'm already using the large majority of my ports right now. And I've got because I've got my mouse goes into it. Uh, I've got my my controller goes into it. Uh, I've got a memory uh, hard drive thing connected to it. I, at the moment, I have to unplug my controller if I want to plug in like a joystick or something. I've got the webcam, so my USB ports are already like full. If I want to use this thing, I'm gonna have to like unplug everything from my computer to get this thing plugged in. It, it's that's ridiculous, and I don't even know now, how many of those are USB 3.0. Usually, ports. you can tell if they're blue, but usually the you would just say use a hub, but because it it's asking for three. USB 3.0 ports. I'm pretty sure it actually needs all the bandwidth of every port. I would assume insane. Uh, if not, then they're being wildly inefficient with how they're building the thing. Which also I replaced. Would be super surprising. I replaced my motherboard last year, and made sure to go for like a motherboard that would last me for years. One that supported DDR4 so that I wouldn't be left behind when they release better RAM. And I'm pretty sure I've only got like four 3.0 ports. That would take all except one. That's, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And and I also, I, 
I was expecting this thing to plug into your PC like a monitor would. Maybe I'm super ignorant, but like as far as the screen itself, I would have assumed that that would be like the same as a monitor output, whatever you call that, PCI or whatever the hell, um, or even just HDMI, uh, not USB. Or maybe it still is, but then you also need the USB for all the infrared stuff. I or maybe guess. they're also including the maybe the uh, maybe the Oculus remote also requires a USB port, and so if you don't want to use that, you can take off one of the USB. I don't know. When but you it think seems, about it, it's completely stupid. When you think about it, it kind of makes sense why it would need that stuff, but it's still it's clearly not a great solution. <laughs> like it, they it, they need to work that out somehow. However, it's... they do that. But it, I, I just don't know because HDMI would obviously be the, the best way to do it. But it makes sense if you're thinking of it as like 1440 whatever and all the data it has to move from your computer to those screens. Yeah. It just – I can kind of see why technically but still it, it makes it's, it, it – it's, it, it seems like a compromise. and, and Yeah. And I do feel I feel like a rube. I feel like uh, I've been duped because obviously it's entry level hardware. Like it's the first of its kind. I shouldn't be expecting it to just work perfectly out of the gate and 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 be accessible to everyone. But this just this was just so disappointing to me. I got I got my hopes up a lot, um, and I wasn't necessarily banking on Oculus being the thing. And maybe maybe Valve or Sony or even someone else will come in and say like well look at ours we're, we're cheaper and easier and just like way more consumer friendly but it, it's just it's just a reality check that really yeah. sucks because I did get my hopes up I even say it in my year in review video that like I'm excited for VR uh, but yeah I, I feel like an idiot <laughs> I did not get my hopes up but I feel no pleasure in that it's yeah. it's sad <laughs> and people in the people in the chat mentioned that uh that they have to keep up the, uh, they have to keep the frame rate very high. Like it's, I think the input is, I think the the, the recommended frame rate is like ninety hertz. That's the Oculus's limit uh, to reduce motion sickness because like it's so one to one that that even sixty frames per second is a little bit too low. Uh, and it probably has something to do with three D and all that shit. But uh, that that's a legitimate case that that I didn't think very much about of like. All right, maybe you need a better graphics card so that you can run games at a high enough frame rate that this thing actually works as intended. But does it? What happens if it goes below ninety? I don't know. So I don't know what like the, it, people always talk about motion sickness and stuff. And I didn't try it for very long when I tried it, but I had no problem with like I never felt sick or disoriented at all. I felt fine, and that was like the cheap one where like it looks like you're looking through a screen door. And it's a little bit delayed and all that. Uh, so maybe I'm just lucky. I'm one of the lucky people who doesn't get motion sick from this because I've heard of a lot of people who put it on for like well, two minutes. And I, I'm talking less about motion sickness. I mean, you, okay, so is it 3D? Wait, I didn't even know this because I didn't follow Oculus enough. Oculus Rift is 3D? Yeah, I mean, inherently, inherently. Is it showing so... your eyes different images? Yeah, it's okay. so easy to make it 3D because it's two screens, it's two lenses. Okay, um, so so it's 3D then. Yeah. And that might have something to do with the refresh rate. If it drops below a certain threshold, does the 3D effect break down? 
I doubt it. I, I don't know if it's so there's I know there's two different kinds of 3D kind of like when we're talking about frame rate I think that there's the kind that shows you one image at a time on each eye to so like if it's 60 frames you're really getting 30 frames per eye uh, and then there's I think I would assume there's also the one where it shows you the same image just like a normal normal monitor um, but either way I think I think the reason it needs to be a high frame rate is less because of the 3D and more because of the one-to-one -one motion of Oh, yeah. It feels disorienting if you move your head and the frame rate is is low it, because see. because you expect it to be reality. You expect no frame rate, um, so it's disorienting. But and I did I personally did not have any issues with that, so I I don't know. I I feel like they're I feel it's like it's not weird that they're trying to, to accommodate. I've heard a lot of talk about the motion sickness stuff, and I think it's kind of weird that they're trying to accommodate people who are motion. I think if you if you get motion sick from VR. Either first of all, you might might just be screwed. Like, sorry, this isn't for you. Uh, just like if you get motion sickness on a roller coaster, you're not going to be able to go on roller coasters. Um, maybe that's cold hearted of me, but uh, it, it feels weird that they're trying to accommodate everyone while still blocking out most people with a price. You know, offering it as this niche product. I, <laughs> everything about it is is weird. I, I I'm I'm I. I'm interested to see how the competitors respond because Sony became, you know, famous for undercutting yeah, the Xbox price. And and yeah, Wait. ironically, there's there the PS3 yeah. was five hundred and ninety nine dollars. So that, that number really strikes with people. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, for a yeah. Second. I mean that, yeah. that that that, that is a good point. But uh but no, like recently with the PS four, Sony we don't know if what their original price plan was, but they undercut you know, Microsoft with the with the PS four. And I've seen a lot of speculation that they might try to do that with VR and say like, "Oh, we're the you know we're the people's company and 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 we're we're giving you more affordable VR." Um, but at what cost would that be? You know, like maybe it would be a, a it much would be worse at experience. Six hundred dollars—that's the cost. Five hundred ninety-nine U.S. dollars. Also, also the 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 price gets in drastically in Canada and Europe and all over the world. Uh, and Palmer Lucky went on Twitter and said it was because of taxes. But this, the price was being like in some places it was being inflated like thirty percent and stuff, and it, it it seems like I don't have any problem with that. I think people are full of shit when they complain about stuff like that. It's that's just how it is. It's price discrimination. That's how I, supply and demand works. Yeah, There's nothing right. you can do about it. That's the price you'll you're pay right about for supply it. And demand, what the fuck I, ever. It's it's the excuse of saying it's taxes when I yes. don't think it really is taxes. That is objectionable. When, I mean, the actual answer to why does this cost more for me? It's because the people in your area will pay more. Yeah. Or or it costs us more to supply to the people in your it's, area. It's it's probably shipping and stuff that that's yeah. that's yeah. part a lot it, of it. It's but... could it can be one or the other or both. It's but it's it's still it's a simple answer. So yeah, I can understand why people are upset when they get the the BS safe answers yeah. like, oh well, we would have liked to, but it was just yeah. this darn tax thing. That sorry, we couldn't have done anything about it. It it's it's just a fact of doing business. Also, one more thing. Again on Twitter, Palmer Lucky uh, mentioned that he's thinking that thinking about doing a PC. VR bundle so that like you can buy a PC that can run Oculus Rift all in one bundle and then it would be $1,500 for 
And he said, maybe you can build one yourself for cheaper than that. But this is this comes with the VR. So he's implying that that a PC with a 970, 8 gigabytes of RAM, all that shit, is under $900. And I assume it would come with a case and hopefully like a mouse and keyboard at least. I don't know. Like, what? That seems insane to me. CPU <laughs> and assume I would assume you would want a monitor too but but I don't think that would factor into the cost maybe yeah you can plug in and go on Facebook and your oculus uh but yeah, I don't know. I may either Palmer Lucky's completely out of touch or there's some really weird marketing concept that I'm not familiar with in which all this shit I assume, I mean, like, well, the dev kits were only $250, and I assume those were breaking even, at least. You know, I, I would assume that, like, usually when you buy, like, a, pr a prototype, it's actually at a premium because it's harder to make. But I, I, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but people weren't buying it for that reason, and they knew that. Yeah. Still, I think that sets I think that sets an expectation when you sell it for $250. Even if I mean like even if you say well maybe it'll be doubled, <laughs> there's still $100 more than that. Uh <laughs> which yikes. Uh ugh. Somebody that just pointed out that I was issues. talking with my mind powers. I'm sorry. There's um there's a a little little creature in my house who's playing a fucking ukulele <laughs> so I, I i muted myself for a second but um anyway we were just complaining about it just more don't worry about it uh i'd like to move on to fig so we talked about fig mm -hmm. months back and uh i think we thought it was kind of cool that it, it was yeah, actual I liked, I liked it. well i don't anymore because I watched a video by a guy named Dangerous Analysis, who in a lot of ways is kind of like the Sargon of Akkad type, where it's like, I'm a classy guy making classy oh, videos yeah. with a classy shtick. But this guy um, has a degree in accounting, and uh, he did a really thorough analysis of the new, like, lower level investment option that fig is offering i heard about that and i didn't look it's, at, at what the actual numbers were big fucking deal actually it's really shitty so yeah. i mean obviously fig hasn't done anything yet but let me try to summarize the basic facts because he takes a long time getting to the point but it's worth it because he goes into very thorough detail and looks at specific parts of um the documentation that they provided to the F SEC and um, like the corporate structure and 
what you get when you buy a share. So the idea is that under the um, the Jobs Act, which is an acronym for something I don't understand, something about startups, but basically it makes it easier to invest in startups via crowdfunding. The way this works is that you buy a share. This is if you're not a millionaire investor accredited on your own. You can buy a share of FIG for $500. Now that one share is worth 0.0001% of the company. But it it guarantees you certain dividends. Guarantees, I'm going to say in quotes for now. It gives you dividends based on the game's performance. But that's after Double Fine gets paid. That's after Fig gets paid. That's after they pay their parent company. And this is the kicker. You have no voting rights. You don't, like It's kind of like a share, but you really can't do anything with it besides get your dividend. Right. Now, you might say, that's fine. It's a lower tier investment. That might be expected. Yeah. But what you're buying are shares in this subsidiary company, Fig Publishing. Um the actual fig publishing company is losing money insanely fast. Um, they had analysis done that they even provided this because if they don't provide this, then yeah, they, legally, they get, have to. In, yeah, they could get indicted for securities fraud. So um, what they what these independent accountants determined was that it is absolutely impossible for fig to remain a going concern for six months like it cannot exist it needs backing from someone to keep it alive like so the parent company i forget the name it's like loose tooth i think or something like that something tooth um they're basically funding the whole thing they can pull that at any time they have no obligation to keep giving money to fig so Here's a hypothetical scenario. Psychonauts 2 is getting produced. All these lower tier investors give their money to Fig Publishing. Fig Publishing makes the game payment, it's called in the documentation. They pay that to Double Fine. That only goes to the development of the game. Your shares only guarantee you stuff after the game is released. If Fig Publishing stops existing at any point, you lose everything. Yeah. And there is no legal obligation for the parent company to keep Fig Publishing open. So it's basically completely up to them whether or not they want to pay people. And that'll almost certainly be based on how Psychonauts 2 does. If it doesn't do as well as they want, they can just not pay their investors yeah and that is perfectly legal but that or at least within the documents that would be suicide of their entire kicks like their whole kickstarter model and all that stuff maybe would be dead because it would be huge news maybe but the thing is they're legitimately losing money they have a fallback but or at least losing, they did until they haven't come out with any games yet. That's how a games company works. It's as, not. As they're a not a startup, games company. Right? This is the publishing company, not Double Fine. It's separate but from Double Fine. Okay, but but it's still relying on all of 
all of the games that they're producing, they're publishing, right? That they sure, haven't published. But they would only they're only publishing double or uh, Psychonauts two. So if Psychonauts two fails, that's it. Are they not publishing Outer Wilds, which was their first game that they? Okay, I guess we can include Double what Outer Wilds, but that's really not comparable in scale. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So, yeah, if if Psychonauts two sells well, it's almost definitely not going to be a problem because yeah, that would be suicide for them to screw everybody. But if Psychonauts two does fail, then what incentive do they have to keep Fig publishing a thing that exists? Sure. Zero. So, I, I don't think anyone sensible would be investing in Fig. If you yeah. were, if you were actually looking to something as an investment, not just like kickstarting a game, crowdfunding it, getting rewards. If you were looking as as at Fig as a place to get a return on your money. You should probably look elsewhere. And don't just I, take my word for it. I encourage you to not only watch this guy's video, but read the stuff yourself. It It's pretty damning. I don't think that is being... Um, I don't think that their demographic is people who are looking for a return on their investment. I think it's people who are looking to... Uh, they're, they're looking for people who are generally the kind of people who back Kickstarters. Exactly. Who like the idea of getting something for what they're backing. And, and it, it's, it, no. I don't think, I don't think a legitimate investor would, would do this because it's not, it isn't just investing. That's the appeal of it. I don't think. Um, well, you get rewards for kickstarting things. If you're going this investment route, you're paying at least 500 bucks and you're doing it for a percentage of revenue. You're doing it for $2.50 for every, like, 16000 or so. There was some dollar figure. But it's not just, like, a, a personal satisfaction thing. It's people who aren't millionaire investors and know what to do with their money. Yeah. But maybe people who, like, are into video games, have some money to spend, and they feel comfortable investing in a video game because they know that. And those are the kind of people that, if this goes bad, are going to get screwed. Because you're right, this isn't aimed at the investors who are smart with their money. This is aimed at people who aren't smart with their money. Yeah, people who donate to Kickstarters. kind of predatory. Yeah, I, I, I would call it predatory, but I would also call the whole Kickstarter model kind of predatory. I, or at least exploitive. Like, it's it's... The whole idea of crowdfunding Psychonauts 2 is completely, to me, ethically... We didn't talk about this. They ha they should have money. Double Fine has made games now, and, and, and they should have clout with publishers and all that. There's a lot of games being kickstarted. Shinmu, for example, being kickstarted for... Uh, even though the, you know they don't need that money, like uh, that they could find that money uh, with legitimate publishing deals and stuff, and that they're just using Kickstarter because it's a really easy to get, it's a really easy way to get money from Rubes for with no obligation to to do anything with it before you even make your game. Uh, that that's always been icky. Yeah. We've talked about that in the past. Uh, I guess what makes this extra icky is that Fig's entire premise was that it was different from that, that unlike those other guys, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, this yeah. is a place where 
we welcome investors, not just backers, that if you choose to invest with us and in our products, you're going to get a return on your investment. You're going to get something back, and that's what we're going to do. But the financial reality of it is almost identical to the Kickstarter stuff if it fails. They probably will pay people if, yeah. if, if it goes well because there's really no reason not to. They get to keep Fig open. But they have, like, the ultimate parachute out of this if it yeah. goes south. And it's – it's I would never want to put my money in here. Not that I would in the first place, but, like, yeah. it would be a, a dangerous idea. Yeah, I mean, from what I knew about the original uh... – I don't know what they would call them now, but like the priority backers or whatever, the guys who have to be, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, accredited. Yeah. Um, that investment seemed, the payout was relatively low, but it was also, I, I we were never clear on whether like it included original sales figures from like the actual crowdfunding part of it or not. Like if that, if that was like set in stone, but, um, that seemed like a, a more legitimate investment because it, it seemed like it was more. You're not going they were to more trick to you. a millionaire accredited investor. You who's could. Looking, well, but, fine. But, but, but yeah, no. That, that Kim Schaefer like won't. A trick. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't seem like a trick, and, and there was no reason for it to be a trick. Uh, but this does seem a little bit. I don't know. It's it is it is. I I, I hesitate to, to call it like a scam or anything because it's it's not. I it's don't not think. a scam. I think it's just a it's just a bad idea. <laughs> yes, and we have for all for all terrible. I, I can't talk. For however bad Tim Schafer is at managing money, we still have no reason to think that he is deliberately defrauding people, and yeah. there's really no reason to think that they will. All we know is that legally they have a way out of this that they wouldn't have to pay anybody. And it seems to have been very deliberately arranged that way. It's a very complicated corporate structure that doesn't make sense until you take this information into account. Yeah, I'll definitely read it in that. That sounds like an interesting video. What is oh. this? Speaking of, I guess this is a gamer money Oh, last, last piece of news here. Yeah, we've been talking about prices, investments, and now an acquisition, corporate merger. Great. Activision bought MLG for $46 million. Finally, uh, Call of Duty and MLG under the same roof. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They they said something about like trying to make it the ESP. They're trying to be the ESPN of esports and shit like that. They're not the only ones to recently. I think EA hired some major esports dude. Um recently and uh they're all all the major publishing companies are trying to move into that that world and I, it's, that's no, that's it's such a weird to thing me. to try to get into i yeah. i i think it might backfire truthfully it's hard to say because apparently there's a lot of people who watch professional call of duty players with who play with controllers not this so, not this purchase i just mean in general being a publisher like EA saying we should make an esports game. Yeah. Like that it's not something you can just choose to do. That these are entrenched communities and that yeah, exactly. the only reason Dota 2 and League of Legends it. is popular is because the original Defense of the Ancients was so wildly popular 
and the only reason that Counter-Strike Global Offensive is popular in eSports is because of Counter-Strike 1.6, and Smash 4 is only popular because Melee was so popular. I mean, these are communities, even though you have sequels in the series and games that are kind of using those mechanics, the ones that are direct, like, I don't know, copies, like Heroes of the Storm and shit, they don't really pick up steam as eSports. People can tell what you're doing, because you're not marketing to, like, I don't know. People like the games that they like and are very passionate about it to give, be yeah, generous. Yeah, the, the way to do it, the way to do it is to make your game esports friendly. You know, have a spectator mode and a way to track scores and make it fair and all that stuff. Uh, but don't force it and see if, see if a community grows out of it. Because the moment you start trying to force it, it's not yeah. I hate to say this, but it's not cool anymore, you know, and like that is a that is an important factor. Uh, and and so like that's what Rainbow Six Siege did. As far as I could tell, they never like advertised that as an eSports game, but it has it, like the interface looks like CSGO, like very intentionally mimics CSGO. And you can tell that they they're leaving that option open for like maybe this could be an esports thing and I, I think it's still up in the air as to whether that game's like catching on or not I, I, I know there's a lot of people still playing you know that it, works but... for me yeah like, no, I haven't cool. played Siege I, I like that idea but I could see playing something like CSGO and using some of the same gameplay principles as CSGO but they're not like this is the new Rainbow Six esport yeah yeah, and they're not. Even, you just they're need. Not even like you need the firing at CS:GO or anything. Yeah. like they make it look like CS:GO because that's what people are familiar with. But the game itself, there's a lot of similarities to CS:GO, but like the way it actually plays is way different. Um, so and it's not yeah, like that's cool. CS:GO has exclusive ownership over these yeah. shooter mechanics that existed well before it. Yeah, uh, Rocket League launched with a pretty good spectator mode, and then made an update, a major update where they like. I don't know what exactly they did, but they they redid all the spectator stuff because they're trying to, they're trying to make it so that if people want to play it like an eSport, they can. And uh, and I think that there's people who are kind of playing it professionally or something. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. But, like, yeah, that's the way to do it. If you do it like – do you remember Evolve? I think that was this year. Yes. It might have been the end of last year. No, uh, wait. Was that this year? That would be so year. funny. Yeah, I think it was the beginning of this year, um, like January or February or something. Uh, yeah, Evolve was marketed from the beginning as like it was weird. Like they, I don't know if they ever really used the word. Oh my e-sport, god, it was this year. But they it came marketed out it that this way. year. Holy shit! Yeah, what yeah. a forgettable game. Yeah, I mean that game. People forgot about that game two weeks after it came out. Uh, like nobody was playing that game. Uh, but they they fucking pushed the hell out of that thing. They were giving it to all the YouTubers and shit, and they were organizing matches and and commentating over them and stuff like that you know like i think they had like a a thing at pax or something where they were they were doing live matches and commentating over them and it was dumb it it was forced and didn't work with the kind of game they were making even really um and it, it it just didn't work at all and and it failed miserably and i feel like that game could have been if they didn't try to, like, it seems like they set about trying to make it an eSport game and probably made gameplay decisions based on that. Um, while if if instead they just kind of said, well, let's make a fun game that people would enjoy playing with their friends, it could have been more of a sleeper hit. But instead it's yeah. just like, 
you push it so hard that everyone just goes like, well, that's kind of lame. This is going to sound like a rhetorical question, but I, I really don't mean it this way. Do people actually play Evolved? Not Like today? Even like a small, like, is there any, like, corner of the online games community that is, probably is still really into Evolve? I bet there is, but but it's probably pretty small. Um, but I mean, yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, no, nobody. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look up like their website and see like what kind of updates they've had. Uh, While you do that, I played Rocket League again for the first time in a long time. Oh really? And uh, yeah, I was over at um, my buddy's place, and we were playing four player split screen Rocket League on uh, PlayStation Four. Four-player split screen. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I was surprised that it had that, but it was yeah, I thought really it awesome player. that it did. Um, and we played a couple regular games, and then we turned on the custom mutators, and we played the dumbest video game I've ever played in that match. Um, gravity was set to minimum. Oh yes, God, I love I love that shit. The ball was made into a cube and made as large as possible yep uh everyone was going around super fast everyone had infinite boost it got to where if you like held back on the control stick and boosted you would just fly up like a plane and go completely out of control yeah and nobody scored we played for half an hour and (laughs) no no one could get it in the fucking goal we got it close so many times, but it was just impossible. It was like a pixel smaller than the goal. You had to be exactly at the right angle, and because it would always bounce up, there was only and it's cube shaped, so it it hits the ground. If it touches on a corner, then you have like one pixel where you can hit yeah. it, and if you miss, then it's gonna be up in the air for another like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Did I mention the mutators? And, and, and I played a few of those. Like I played the uh, the hockey one. I saw the puck in the video. Yeah. Yeah, the hockey one's pretty fun because like, you know, the ball just bounces off the the walls and stuff. But the the puck will kind of stick to the walls, and so you get a lot of people driving up on the walls and like like just trying to shoot it like around the stadium and stuff. And it it, it makes it a very different game, and that was a lot of fun. And then like. Uh, so some of the mutators were they have like three standard match mutators and one of them sucks I think but um, there's one where they make the ball very small and, and it's like a pinball like it, it's very bouncy yeah so like, you hit it and it just flies um, and that one's that one's pretty fun because like it just the, the the ball just goes across the the field like instantly and and everyone's chasing after it and shit and that's pretty fun and then they do another where like um, I think the ball's big and God, what is it? Big and low gravity, and uh, and you have like recharging boost, not infinite boost, but recharging. And if you're playing with people who are good at doing the aerials, like it, it, it makes it a lot a lot of fun, like watching everyone go up for the same ball at the same time because it's in low gravity and stuff. That's 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 a good game. I might actually play that game after this. I, I know I've got someone who wants to play. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Derp Derp says uh, there's 401 people in game and evolve, and 130 people watching evolve on Twitch right now, which is that's that is those really are both funny. higher numbers than I thought. But those that was about what low. I. I mean, I'm not saying I predicted that, but I'm not surprised by that. That seems about right. Yeah. Less than a thousand. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 
it's pretty sad. Uh, I think Titanfall is another one that. Uh, Titanfall. Oh my yeah, god. That 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 was a last year one though. That was like yeah, holidays yeah. last year. But but that one still. died off really quickly. Like it, they ended up like I think I think I saw like a couple months after the game came out, uh, it had comparable in-game numbers to Call of Duty Four. So, yikes. <laughs> Although I'm sure there's a lot of people playing Call of Duty 4 still because it's Call of Duty 4, but still, that's that's pretty bad. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Poly Palmer Lucky's Mouthcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. We look forward to bringing you delicious push to shout content well into 2016. I'm for talking powder. Let's skippy. Good night. <laughs>